0: Hey guys, welcome back to Bring Your Own Baggage. I'm your host Justine and I'm here to talk about mental health and body image issues on college campuses from the perspective of a college student. These struggles are much more prevalent than you'd expect and I'm here to let you know that you're not alone. Okay, just a quick disclaimer. This episode deals with anxiety and depression and may contain triggering content. In addition, we're not trained professionals in any way. These are merely our opinions based on research and personal experience. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. Welcome back to BYOB. This is our third episode, which is kind of crazy. And again, I have another special guest, which I'll introduce soon. Um, Before I get into that, though, I just want to give a quick roadmap for anyone who's new to the podcast, because all the episodes will generally follow the same format. So first, we'll start with the guest's personal experience with the topic we're talking about today, and then we'll go into some advice for anyone struggling with similar issues. I may try incorporating some Q&A time, though, into the episodes. So if you're interested in that, please let me know. So anyways, today, super special guest. Um, Emma is a third-year double majoring in anthropology and studio art, and we roomed together first year. in gooch Dillard. Lots of stairs. That's basically the only thing I remember about that. Um, Emma is one of the most talented people I know. She does graphic design for the Cav Daily. And actually Jim Ryan put one of her pieces up on his Instagram story, so she's famous. I have my first celebrity guest on. Um, she also started a nonprofit called Art for the Heart, where she creates art with homeless women. And one super fun fact about her is that her dog Luna can sit on her hind legs like a human. So Emma, welcome to BYOB.
1: Hello, thank you for
0: having me on. I love the little
1: fun fact intro.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, the pictures of Luna, I'll post one on the BYB Instagram. So make sure you follow that at bring your own baggage. They're adorable though. Luna is far more talented than I am in every way. (laughs) She should be the guest on here. (laughs) Really? But today we are talking about anxiety and depression, um, as I talked about earlier. And both of us struggle with that. Um, so you know, let's just dive right into it. So Emma, what is your history with anxiety and depression?
1: Yeah, so I've I've been anxious basically since I can remember as a little kid. I was a pretty anxious little kid. Um, mm-hmm. I just didn't really have like the language to describe that, um, like to my parents and to other people. Like I didn't realize that it was anxiety. Um, like my parents would often call me superstitious when I was little and I was, or like, I would just get like, kind of like frustrated or sad. And I never really knew what was happening. Um, and then when I was in probably like third or fourth grade, I had my first panic attack ever. Um, I was at a baseball game. Let's just set the scene. Mm -hmm. I was at a baseball game in New Jersey. (laughs) Um, and it started pouring rain and everyone had to rush inside to the like baseball stadium and I got lost from my family and I oh, had a panic attack and I didn't know what was happening. I thought that like I was going to pass out or something. Like it was a very weird feeling for someone, yeah. especially a little kid who's never felt it. Um, but that was kind of like my first experience with panic stuff, which is something that I've dealt with for a long time. Um, and I didn't really know what it was or talk about it much to anyone until middle school when it got a little bit worse, um, and I started to go to therapy, um, primarily for anxiety. Also, I have a terrible fear of planes, so my mom wanted mm-hmm. to get me into therapy to talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. Not unrelated, but mm-hmm. um, I did not like therapy when I was in middle school. I don't think I had a good therapist. It was just, like, not a good fit. I thought mm-hmm. that it was, like, weird. I was like, why am I sitting here talking to this stranger, etc." and so I stopped going for a few years. Mm -hmm. um and then after my sophomore year of high school my anxiety and depression got really bad um I just I don't know why I just had had a like a hard year um you know school gets really stressful around that time too, like preparing for college and stuff um Mm -hmm. and so my panic disorder was really bad and my anxiety was really bad and so therefore I started to get really depressed because of that um Mm -hmm. and so I started going back to therapy at that point and have been going ever since Mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of my basic story of it in general but we can go more into detail
0: as we continue to chat yeah thanks for sharing I think it's interesting how you're talking about how you didn't like your therapist at first because I feel like a lot of people just have the idea that all therapists are the same and that's completely not true. Like therapist shopping is a thing. And even if you start therapy with someone and you know you don't love it at first, that doesn't mean that therapy isn't for you. And that just means that you and the therapist might not be a great match. Um, so kind of going off of that, how does anxiety usually manifest in your life? And like, what are common things you get anxious about on a day to day basis?
1: Yeah. So I would say that anxiety for me, sort of in high school and a little bit younger often was about I had anxiety about feeling anxious, which just sounds kind of funny, but I would often get, like it was sort of a positive feedback loop where like I would feel anxious and then I would get like anxious that I was going to have a panic attack or feel more anxious (laughs) and I would like work myself up and it would just make it worse. Um, But I've been working on that obviously for a while now. And so that Mm -hmm. aspect has gotten a little bit better because I can talk myself down. And um, Mm -hmm. But nowadays I would say a lot of them are, I mean, they sound like sort of everyday thoughts for people our age, but maybe that's just because everyone has a little bit of anxiety going on, but like not being good enough, not being able to do something, um, that my mental health will never get better, that something bad will happen to my friends and family. Um, And also sometimes I'm just anxious and I don't know why. And I think that that's okay to be able to just like sit with the fact that you're anxious and not have to sort of like delve deeper and start to question yourself Because sometimes I'll get frustrated and be like why am I anxious right now like everything is fine and that doesn't help to get like mad at yourself because sometimes you just feel things and you don't know why
0: yeah exactly that makes a lot of sense and I feel like those are stressors that like a lot of people have but again like people think that they're the only ones who have them mm-hmm. like for me whenever I'm studying I get so anxious that like I'm still going to do bad on my exam and it's, like, not worth it to study. And I'll just think back to, like, one exam where I did horribly on. And, like, even though that there are other exams after that that were fine, I just kind of hyper focus onto that one. Mm -hmm. And that just causes a lot of anxiety to be like, oh, my gosh, I, like, failed one time, so I'm going to fail again. I'm, like, going to fail for the rest of my life. And I feel like anxiety just has a really big like snowballing effect where once you get anxious about one thing just like everything comes after that yes I totally agree I have the same thing too okay so you also mentioned that you've been in therapy for a while now so what's one thing you wish you would have known when you were first diagnosed
1: yeah so I was first like officially diagnosed with like anxiety depression that kind of stuff when I was 15 um and at that point like I knew some like we had I'd learned in health class, like, kind of what anxiety and depression were about. But, like, I didn't have anyone in my life who I knew who had it. I now realized that lots of people had it, but I just didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. And so it felt very isolating um, mm-hmm. for sure, which is something that I I guess, like, I I wish that I knew that it would get better. Um, I, Everyone would say that. Like, my therapist would be like, I promise it gets better and you never believe it until you start to <laughs> yeah. get better. but. Yeah. That feeling of isolation, like realizing that other people are going through what you're going through, which of course isn't good. Like you don't want other people to be going through anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. but it is helpful to know that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that like, I think when I first started, I would have, it would have been really nice to hear about, which is one reason why this podcast is so great. because (laughs) Ending the stigma around going to therapy, I think is a really important thing. Um, And like knowing that it's okay to talk about. Um, I think that you mentioned this in one of your previous podcast episodes, but I also (laughs) used to, like, if I had a therapy appointment, I would be like, oh, I have a doctor appointment or like, oh, Mm -hmm. I have, I have to do this thing with my mom instead of just saying I had therapy because I was Mm -hmm. kind of like scared that it would make me weird. And that's something that it doesn't, it's completely normal and honestly, really good to go to therapy. So that's something that I definitely wish I would have known.
0: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And honestly, you were the first person that I kind of talked to you about going to therapy because, again, in high school, like, I didn't tell anybody that I was in therapy. And then my first year, like, when I started CAPS, you were, like, my me, like my go-to person that I was able to talk about with that because I was, like, I literally live with this person. I can't hide that I'm, like, going to therapy and stuff with her. And it was so nice to talk to someone who's, like, who's, like had experience in therapy and is also, like, open about talking about their experience with therapy. So I really appreciate that. that. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Yes, always happy to talk about it. (laughs) We needed each other.
0: Let's just say that (laughs) (laughs) we just start crying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We were both. We were both first year of college. is a hard experience. (laughs) I was very glad, very glad that we had each other to talk about this stuff with.
0: And I think that's something that's
1: really important, which we'll get to more later.
0: So, how does your journey slash experience with anxiety and depression look different now than it did when you were first diagnosed?
1: When I was first diagnosed. One of the main things that I was struggling with was panic disorder, which is having panic attacks really frequently. Um, So for me, like the summer after sophomore year, I would have like two or three a day, um, which was pretty terrible and and really affected sort of like all aspects of my life. Um, And I've obviously been working on that for a long time. So that aspect has gotten a lot better, especially after going on meds, which is something that there's a big stigma around too, that there shouldn't be. but I would say now it, I'm still working on anxiety and depression and all of that every day. It's a thing that, you know, it doesn't ever go away. It just gets more manageable. Um, so I don't want anyone to think like, oh, well, like she's gotten over it or anything. Cause that's not the case. Everyone is still working on it. Um, but mm-hmm. I would say there's less panic disorder, um, more OCD is something that I have pretty bad. Um, and it's something that's gotten worse as I've gotten um, older, um, which is interesting, but I'm working on that in therapy right now as well. And I would say mm-hmm. just generally it manifests slightly differently, but I also have so many more techniques to deal with it. So mm-hmm. I feel like I can manage like my day-to-day anxiety a lot better than I used to be able to, um, which is something that like I always try to remind myself, like not to get discouraged. Cause like it took, it takes a lot of work to get to like, be able to manage the anxiety, but once you sort of like, the more you work on it, the easier it gets.
0: That's a really good mindset to have. And like mental illness never goes away completely, but your goal is just to be able to like develop skills and techniques to help you manage that. And even though it doesn't go away, it becomes much easier to manage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So has being anxious influenced your relationships in any way? And if so, how?
1: Yeah. So I would say... It, it definitely has. Um, I mean, not nearly as negatively as I think sometimes people like assume when they have anxiety, they're like, oh, my gosh, everyone's going to hate me because I'm anxious or depressed. And like, I think that, you know, you are you're always your hardest, your own harshest critic. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was younger, I definitely this kind of comes back to being open and, and ending the stigma around mental health. When I was younger, I would often cancel plans like last minute because I'd be feeling anxious Um, Mm -hmm. but I would never say it was because I was anxious. I'd be like, oh, something came up. And then, you know, my friends would clearly know that something didn't come up five minutes before (laughs) we were going to hang out (laughs) every time. Um, Mm -hmm. and of course, like they were always nice about it. But now I'll say like, if I'm having an anxious day or something, I'll just say, hey, I'm feeling anxious today. Like maybe we can reschedule or I just wanted to let you know before we hang out that I might not be completely like myself or something and just being super open about it. I think mm-hmm. helps has helped my relationships a lot um, instead of like trying to cover up the way I'm feeling with uh, like white lies or or like, I don't know, just suppressing how I feel, especially around friends yeah. because like friends want to be there for you. and so being mm-hmm. open with them, like it only is gonna make the relationship stronger.
0: Exactly. And I love that honesty and I feel like that's so important in relationships. And it's so hard it's to so initiate hard. that. I feel like <laughs> just like to be so open about that. But like think that if one of your friends was that open with you and was like I'm feeling really anxious today. I don't think that we can hang out. Like you wouldn't judge them. You wouldn't be like, "Oh, like I can't believe like she's flaking on me and blah 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 and stuff like that." So if you wouldn't do that to someone else then Most likely that the people you're friends with aren't going to do that to you. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you, Emma, for sharing that personal experience. That was really helpful. And I think it's so important to be able to share stuff like that with our friends. So now we're moving into the advice portion of the podcast. So, first, I just kind of want to address the fact that it's not abnormal to develop anxiety and depression in college because this is a major transitional period. And, you know, we're dealing with harder coursework, making new friends, new environment, new independence, homesickness, all of that. So, even though like, If you haven't struggled with mental illness at all throughout your life and then you come into college and you start feeling more anxious um, and stuff like that, just know that you're not alone in that and it is not an abnormal development at all. Um, And actually, little statistics for you guys, Um, the fall 2018 National College Health Assessment um, recorded that 63% of college students in the U.S. felt overwhelming anxiety in the past year. And according to the Association for University and College Counseling Center Directors, 36.4% of college students struggle with depression. Once we address the fact that like this isn't abnormal for you to develop um, anxiety and depression in college, the first step for you to do is identify that there is a problem and to not self-diagnose. If you feel like you're maybe struggling with anxiety or depression, please seek help from your school's counseling center to find, or to find a therapist in your area and get a proper diagnosis that way. I feel like I'm going to say this on every single podcast episode, but consider therapy because most schools have free therapy through their counseling and psychological services center and through caps at EVA, at least it's super easy. All you do is schedule a phone call, have an intake appointment, and then you're matched with a therapist. Um, my piece of advice for that, though, is do this sooner rather than later because there's usually a pretty long waiting period, um, but there are definitely emergency appointments available if you're in a crisis. Finally, if you um, have talked to your parents or you have insurance um, and you want to look for therapy in your general area, I would recommend Psychology Today. This is a website and it's a resource to find therapists near you and you can filter it by your location, you can filter it by telehealth, insurance, educational level of the um Clinician, etc., and this is actually how I found my current therapist, and I love her. So shout out to Heather. For those of you who may be feeling a little anxious on a day-to-day basis, I just kind of want to talk about some things you can do to calm yourself down when you're feeling that. So one thing that I do is I stop what I'm doing, take a few deep breaths, go for a walk, or something, um, because it's not productive for me to try to keep working when I'm anxious. Because you know, my mind is racing, it's in a million places, and just trying to work through the anxiety can often make it harder. Um, another thing that I recently started doing was, uh, setting aside time to be stressed. Um, because sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times (laughs) when I'm working, I'll have an anxious thought. Um, and instead of kind of sitting on that, I'll write it down and I'll put it in a jar. And then every time I have a thought I'll do that. And I just tell myself, like, I can't, I don't have time to deal with this now, but I'll deal with it later. And then every day I'll spend about 10 minutes or so, like going through that jar and looking through all of those thoughts and, you know, giving them attention then.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good strategy. Um, My therapist also taught me about worry containment. It's a great, (laughs) great idea. Um, Something (laughs) that um, helped me is try to sort of like remember the good things that I have around me or things that I have to look forward to. Because sometimes when you're feeling anxious, it can feel a little bit hopeless or like you're trapped in these thoughts. So trying to remind yourself of the things around you that you have. Um, Like for example, like before covid if i was like in a class or something and i was starting to feel like a little bit panicky or anxious i would sit and take some deep breaths and remind myself that like later i can go home and like see my friends or even just like having a cookie or something little like Mm -hmm. to have to look forward to can help a lot um and also just like remembering that you can have like friends or things to talk to as distractions if you just like need to get away from your thoughts for a
0: bit exactly i feel like that also connects back to the self-love episode Just doing, like having things you can look forward to, like um, my post dinner animal crackers, best part of the day. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, another thing um, that I feel like is pretty prevalent in the topic of anxiety and depression is being able to bring that up to to a loved one um, and being able to tell a family or friend that you're feeling anxious or depressed. So something that works best for me is just being direct about it um, and saying like, hey, I was just wondering if you could talk right now. I've been feeling really anxious lately about whatever I'm feeling anxious about and I would just like someone to process these thoughts with or, you know, I've been really struggling with my depression lately. Can you talk with me or can you just like even sit with me and stuff like that? Being direct works the best for me because um, I've kind of opened up more about my struggles and stuff with my friends. Um, But if that doesn't work for you, you know, there are plenty of other ways you can go about it and like maybe you can just like tell your friends that you're stressed or like even just like asking them to hang out because sometimes just like being in the presence of people who love and care about you can kind of help to relieve that anxiety but talking to your parents about this can be very tough so these are like just kind of some tips if you want to like bring up mental illness to your parents So first be in a quiet setting with them and don't have any distractions. And if it's like too hard to have that conversation right now, I'd recommend, you know, writing a letter to your parents to organize your thoughts and then using that letter as the foundation for your actual conversation.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, And you can even start sort of like with a more basic conversation, like Justine was saying earlier, like, hey, I've been feeling a little off lately or I might need a little extra support. Then you can work up to talking about more in-depth like mental health issues that you've been dealing with. Um, We also recommend trying a practice conversation with someone you trust to ask for advice Mm -hmm. if you're a little bit too worried to talk to your parents about it. Um, Like maybe uh, another like adult you trust or a family member or just even a friend. Um, You can also, when you're talking to your parents, end the conversation um, by telling them ways that they can support you. Our parents are from a different generation So they might not understand at first. And um, it's important to like help educate them or guide them to resources they can use to educate themselves. Um, I found that that really helped with my parents. Sometimes it happens where uh, parents will have a sort of a negative reaction. And it's good to be prepared for that. Um, There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. And you can even tell them that it took it also took me a long time to understand depression and anxiety. Um, I think this is super important because parents always or for the most part, always want what's best for you. Sometimes they just really don't really know how to get there. And you have to mm-hmm. give them the time and patience that um, they need to sort of better understand. Like, I know my parents didn't really understand at first. And now they totally do. It just takes some time and practice and resources and educating.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. And again, like, don't be afraid to reach out for help. And you're not a burden at all. You know, it can be really easy to isolate ourselves, especially when we're depressed and it might be common sense, but you know, your friends and family can't help you if they don't know that you're struggling and building social support can kind of act as a barrier between you and really negative mental health. Um, Kind of on the flip side of that though, like talking to my friends about what I was going through really helped me personally, but don't feel pressured to share uh, share that you've been diagnosed with anxiety or depression if you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel ready yet. Because ultimately, it's your decision and you need to know your limits.
1: Yeah. And along with that, sometimes it might be easier to talk to someone you don't know. And hotlines
0: are a really good resource for this. All right. So another piece of advice we have is regarding um, confronting your anxiety. So, you know, one thing that can help kind of reduce anxiety is determining what aspects of your life cause you this anxiety. (laughs) How many times can I say anxiety in like three seconds? (laughs) (laughs) But so for example, like if you have anxiety about loneliness and not having friends, you know, try inviting people on in your hall to get dinner, you know, join a club, DM someone in your class. I am a huge supporter of sliding into the DMs. I'm just going to say it <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, like what's the worst that can happen? And for people who are like more socially anxious, it's definitely easier to talk to people online than in person. And, you know, own it. Be proud of it. Um, I know that's hard now to connect with people, though, because of COVID. Um, But there's still a bunch of other things you can do to get to know people. You know, go on some walks, have, like, a socially distanced lunch, dinner, whatever. Um, There are also, like, online resources, like, online Cards Against Humanity, Netflix Party. I didn't – I, like, never use Netflix Party until, like, quarantine. And it is crazy. Game changer. Um, (laughs) But if – Let's see, if your schoolwork causes you anxiety, um, one thing that you can do is go to office hours. Um, If your professors scare you, like, they scare me, you can go to your TAs office hours. And TAs are so excited to have you come. And all of my TAs have been super helpful. And it's definitely a good way to get um, help and also, like, not have to, like, deal with maybe, like, the fear of, like, actually talking to your professor um another thing you can do is see if people in your classes want to form a study group and just like experiment with different study techniques that's like definitely something i'm doing right now because i have an exam on tuesday i didn't do too hot on the other one so i was super anxious about that and then i was like you know what i'm just gonna like see if i can study differently for this exam and like kind of see as like an experiment and if i do even worse then i know i just (laughs) need to go back to the other technique or find a new one
1: (laughs) if you're say you're anxious about exercising um one technique is to have a consistent time where you work out like determining 30 minutes a few times a week on specific days um protects you from decision fatigue and that way you don't have to worry about when you're going to work out when it's blocked into your schedule Uh, Another thing that people can be anxious about is meal prepping, especially um, like for upper level students who have to make their own food. Um, So something that's good to do is to work out a schedule with your roommates or like write a grocery list before you go shopping. Um, Also, just don't be afraid to ask for help in these situations where you feel anxious. Everyone has different things that are hard for them, and it's totally fine to reach out for help.
0: Okay. And two more pieces of advice. This one might be a little hard. (laughs) It definitely was hard for me at first, but one thing that can really help reduce anxiety is developing a healthy sleep schedule and try, just try your best to get six hours of sleep or more if possible. And one thing that I've done to kind of prioritize my sleep is setting limits for myself. For example, like if I'm not done with something by 1130 p.m. ish, like it's not getting done and it's really important to hold yourself accountable for this and to also build time in after you study to be able to relax because going straight from studying to sleep is not super productive because usually we still have like all those thoughts like racing through our mind a lack of sleep leads to memory issues and trouble concentrating which leads to less effective studying so prioritizing your sleep is really benefiting future you
1: also it's important to seek social support and lean on your friends for help we've said this throughout the whole episode but this is like something that's super important Um, sometimes just talking about what you're anxious about helps like verbally processing what you're dealing with and social support can lead to like resilience. It helps you feel like you're not alone since many people are struggling with similar issues.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for now. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I just wanted to stress the point that struggling with anxiety and depression does not make you any less of a person and you are truly not alone. So please reach out for help if you need it. Um, if you aren't comfortable sharing like what you're going through with your friends and your family, I am here as a resource for you. So is Emma. So thank you so much, Emma, for coming on. Really thank you appreciate for having me. <laughs> this was great. <laughs> um, Emma, like Sydney, is just so wise. I'm really excited to have like all of the guests on because everyone is just super well spoken, great advice all around, super cool people. Wow. I'm going to start blushing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So thanks again for listening. Um, Make sure to check out the BYOB Instagram to see a picture of Emma's dog. Um, And don't forget to BYOB next week. See you guys later. (laughs)